Shane Beamer and the South Carolina Gamecocks currently have a lot of momentum on their side. But if they want to continue this momentum throughout the 2023 football season, what exactly is that going to look like? Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and also the lead staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank you for making Locked On Gamecocks your first listen here today. We are free and available on YouTube and also wherever you get your audio podcasts. And before we get into this Tuesday edition of Locked On Gamecocks, I want to let y'all know that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So South Carolina, in terms of their football program, clearly has built up a ton of momentum over the past few months. And we don't need to spend too much time rehashing all this. And obviously, if you're Shane Beamer and this coaching staff, you want to keep this momentum going. You do not want this train to slow down anytime soon. And we've talked about it on this show before. For South Carolina, they are not one of those programs that, at least from a national perspective, is going to get the benefit of the doubt if, say, they end up dropping a couple more games this upcoming season than they did this past fall. So, South Carolina, in terms of how they can continue this momentum this next football season, they clearly need to win nine games, at least if they want to raise the bar a little bit more. Eight games would probably still be just fine, but nine wins, honestly, is what South Carolina is going to have to hit, whether that's eight wins in the regular season and a bowl game victory or nine wins in the regular season. Either way would work well for the South Carolina Gamecocks. But when looking at how they could get these nine wins, what exactly does that look like? Let's dive into that on today's show. So the first way in which South Carolina could try to reach nine wins this upcoming fall is to do the obvious, which is don't lose to teams that you should not lose to, teams that you are perceived to be ahead of right now fully in the SEC and in your non-conference slate. And I threw six of South Carolina's 2023 opponents into this category here, and those teams are Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Mississippi State, North Carolina, who they play in Charlotte, Jacksonville State, and Furman. Jacksonville State and Furman, there's no reason to talk about those teams. There's no reason that South Carolina should have to really sweat losing to either of those football programs, okay? So let's get those two teams out of the way. Vanderbilt. Look, Vanderbilt is a much improved team. I think that they clearly showed that this past season. They did get both Florida and Kentucky this past year, and they were one win away from being bowl eligible at season's end. So Clark Lee has clearly got something going down there in Nashville, Tennessee. But again, South Carolina has been the one program for several years that for one reason or another, Vanderbilt has just never been able to get over the hump against the Gamecocks. The Gamecocks have not lost to the Commodores since 2008. That was now 15 years ago heading into this season. I think Vanderbilt has defeated every other team in the division 
in that same stretch, except for South Carolina. So, yeah, Vanderbilt, the Gamecocks should not drop that game to the Commodores. They certainly can't. If they did, that would not look very good for South Carolina. Kentucky. Now, understandably, Kentucky fans would be a little bit upset about this on their side of things because South Carolina did defeat them last year, and Kentucky fans would immediately quit back and say, well, the reason that South Carolina won that game was because Will Levis was out. And however you want to slice that up, the point is South Carolina won that game, and quite honestly, they were the better coach team that night. So the Gamecocks get Kentucky at home this season, and Kentucky, again, they added Devin Leary. They've got some other Pretty solid transfers that they added in the portal as well. And they're going to try to regroup a little bit and try to make a pushback for, you know, that second spot in the SEC Eastern Division. But with the Gamecocks having them at home, you should win this game. Okay, you should. It could be a close one for certain. But South Carolina, realistically speaking, they ought to beat the Kentucky Wildcats. Mississippi State. Look, Mississippi State is going through their own set of really unique circumstances right now. There's no question about that. Zach Arnett, a first-year head coach who is now going to really have to go through the whole rigmarole of what it's like leading a major college football program at the Power 5 level. You're losing a couple of players from that team. You're losing a couple of wideouts. I know Dylan Johnson is officially transferred from Mississippi State to Washington, which we'll talk about that in just a little bit. And Mississippi State, there's going to be some turnover in terms of maybe the schemes that they run and also a lot of the players that played key roles on that squad last year that helped them to a ReliQuest Bowl victory over the Fighting Illini of Illinois. So Mississippi State should be a game that you win. And North Carolina, look, the Gamecocks, they should not lose to the North Carolina Tar Heels, okay? North Carolina won nine games last year, but I think that most of college football can agree. North Carolina was probably the worst nine-win football team in the entire sport last season. I mean, they got off to a pretty good start. I think they won their first six or seven games, yes. But at the same time, North Carolina, they barely skated by against App State. They struggled mightily against Georgia State, which, you know... Georgia State gave South Carolina their own share of struggles as well. But defensively, they didn't take any steps forward. They lost some of their guys to the transfer portal. Joshua Downs, their star wide receiver, has moved on to the NFL. And you look at Mac Brown. You know, he's getting farther and farther up there in age. And he's about to deal with the Steve Spurrier dilemma. How much longer is he going to coach? You know that that's a negative recruiting tool that every other coach in the region can utilize. And I think that Drake May is a good quarterback, but what's he going to do without Phil Longo there? Is he going to take maybe a step back in production? I think we're going to find out a lot about that Tar Heel team in 2023. But for South Carolina, again, based on what happened last time they faced the Tar Heels, what Shane Beaver and the staff have proven to be able to do when they have extra time to prepare for games, and where both these programs are currently situated, the Gamecocks should beat North Carolina, okay? There's no reason for you to lose to the Tar Heels in week one in Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, we're going to continue this discussion with a couple of other teams that South Carolina needs to defeat. More so, monkeys that they need to get off their back. And then, what about sort of the big three on their schedule in Georgia, Tennessee, and Clemson? What do they need to do with that set of programs? We're going to dive into those two categories in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. 
Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Now, some of you may have a completely new workout plan for yourselves in 2023. You're going to try to get to the gym more, going to try to get there early in the morning, and that's all well and good. But as we all know, nutrition is just as important as your exercise and workout regimen. And if you're looking for a protein bar to help out in that aspect, then you've got to try out Built Bar because Built Bar is healthy for you, but it's also extremely enjoyable. Going against the stereotype of most protein bars out there, and it comes in multiple flavors. It's only got 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, but still includes a whopping 17 grams of protein. And the best part is you don't have to look far to get Built Bar, because you can get these bars at your local Walmart or Sam's Club right now. If you go to Walmart, you can go to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a four-bar box that includes cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. At Sam's Club, you can grab a 13-bar box that includes brownie batter and churro. And I promise you, you are going to thank me later, because Built Bar is where tasty is the new healthy. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. Thank you for making Locked On Gamecocks your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball, where you'll find everything you need to know about college basketball in just one place. Plus, you'll hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball is available on YouTube and also wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so let's continue our conversation regarding South Carolina and trying to carry the momentum that they currently have throughout the 2023 football season. We talked about the teams that they don't need to lose to, teams that are perceived to be below South Carolina right now. So let's move on to that second category, which is getting monkeys off your back. We talked about this before. South Carolina has got to treat their track to the top of the SEC East as a step-by-step process, which means South Carolina is not yet at the point where they could set 100% of their full attention towards the Georgia Bulldogs. They're getting closer. They are closing the gap slowly but surely, but they are not there yet. So what does that mean in the meantime? It means that you have got to be able to beat all these other teams consistently. Let's talk about two teams that South Carolina needs to get revenge on in 2023. The Florida Gators. This game was obviously just a nightmarish performance by the Gamecocks this past season. It was probably their worst game that they played all season long, including their game against the Georgia Bulldogs in week three of the season. South Carolina lost to Florida by 32 points. They did not score a single point offensively speaking. Marshawn Lloyd did not play in this game. Jaheim Bell was playing at running back. In terms of the offensive game plan, I feel like personally it was one of the worst offensive game plans that was executed or written up all season long against a defense in Florida that, quite frankly, was way below average this past season. And yet South Carolina could not take advantage of that at all. And they still had some pretty talented playmakers outside of Marshawn Lloyd to where there was no reason for them to do as bad as they did. And again, I think that relies a lot more on the game plan, so to speak, coming into this game and maybe the lack of an ability to adjust to just how bad things went south in this contest. 
So needless to say, South Carolina has got to get the Gators back. I think that Dow Loggins is going to do wonders for Spencer Rattler in terms of the fighter details of the quarterback position. And I think that that Florida game this year is going to be one of those examples of that. I think that South Carolina gets the Gators at home after a bye week. And as we talked about before, it will not last forever. But when Shane Beamer and this staff have extra time to prepare for a football game, they tend to take full advantage of that time. And I think that the Gamecocks are going to do that again against the Gators this year, but you got to be able to show that on the field, okay? The gap is not that big from a talent standpoint between you and the Gators, but you got to be able to put it together on the field. So the Florida Gators, the first one you got to get off your back. The second one is another obvious one, the Missouri Tigers. Missouri has defeated the Gamecocks four times in a row. There is no football universe out there where the Missouri Tigers should have that long of a winning streak against South Carolina. And look, I'm not trying to disparage Missouri's football program when I say that. Missouri has got solid history in terms of what they've done in years past. But let's be honest. Eli Drinkwitz, he has been one of the coaches that's been mentioned the most in terms of the hot seat talk in the SEC this entire offseason. Missouri is a football program that has yet to get over 500 with Eli Drinkwitz at the helm. And he's about to go into his fourth season up there in the other Columbia. For whatever reason, he and his coaching staff had just figured out how to game plan and scheme around South Carolina's football team year in and year out. They've also faced a couple of South Carolina football teams that, quite frankly, were just not up to snuff at the time that they both met and played on a football field, including 2019-2020, the first two years of this current four-game winning streak that the Tigers have. So, for South Carolina, this is the biggest thorn in your side that you have had for the last couple years now that you have yet to get rid of. You've got to get past Missouri. I would even say that if you won nine games, one of them has got to be the Missouri Tigers. There's just no other way to put it. You cannot let Eli Drinkwitz, who has been so far pretty much an average football coach in this conference, continue to be the coach that ends up getting one on you year after year after year. So Missouri, the other monkey that you need to get off your back in 2023. Now let's talk about this last category, which is the national programs, sort of national contenders, I guess, is the best way to describe these three programs. South Carolina, I think, needs to get a win against one of these three teams, Georgia, Tennessee, and Clemson. You don't have to win two out of these three. You don't have to sweep them. I don't think that you probably will sweep them. But South Carolina, I don't think, can go over three. I think they need to get at least one win against one of these three opponents. I know what most Carolina fans would love to see, which is that one win be against Clemson. Here's the thing. I think the Clemson game, funny enough, is the most realistic game for the Gamecocks to win out of these three for a couple reasons. First of all, I do think that Clemson's hire of Garrett Riley was really good this offseason. However, I still think that Clemson still has a ways to go in terms of talent on the offensive side of the ball, both up front and in terms of their skill positions. And the other thing is this. They're losing a lot of experienced talent up front defensively, and that secondary, they did not have a lot of bright spots when they faced some legitimate offenses this past season. You've also got them at home. So when looking at this game in its entirety, South Carolina's going to have them in Williams-Brice Stadium. These two teams, I think, now for the first time in eight or nine years, are almost neck and neck with one another. Some people would probably still give the slight edge to Clemson here just because of what they've done over the last five, six, seven years and because of the perceived talent gap that they have. But I think South Carolina made pretty clear last year that talent gap is not that big anymore. So 
I think that's the most realistic. Now, a toss-up game. Tennessee. I don't really have a great idea of what Tennessee's roster is going to look like yet for next season, but I do know this much. Tennessee gets the Gamecocks in Newland Stadium. And also, the motivation factor, uh, yeah, there's not going to need to be any newspaper clippings or anything like that. Tennessee's going to have a lot of motivation by themselves. They're going to want to go out there, and they're going to want to beat the snot out of South Carolina for what happened this past November. Just because of the fact that it's on the road, I think that's a toss-up. And then Georgia, they're the back-to-back national champions for a reason. you got to play them in Athens this season. And again, South Carolina is closing that gap slowly but surely against Georgia. But you're not there yet. South Carolina still needs another year or two to rack up some talent and find some diamonds in the rough combined with some of the high-end prospects that it get on the recruiting trail before they can really challenge Georgia for the SEC East. So most realistic out of those three games, I would say would be Clemson. But the bottom line is this. Against these quote-unquote national-level programs, you've got to get at least one win out of these three if you want to keep this momentum going, the Shane train going, so to speak, this upcoming fall. Now, South Carolina, in terms of recruiting, I talked about earlier what all they've done recently, which, of course, is add some players on the offensive line, add some players at some of the edge skill positions, at tight end, at wide receiver. But South Carolina, I think, needs to get another running back. So who could they target in terms of high school prospects for the 2024 class? Who could be their one take there? We're going to talk about that in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is also brought to you by FanDuel. Super Bowl week is here on FanDuel, the number one sports book in America. FanDuel has so many great features that make betting on sports both fun and easy, from favorite bets like your money line bets to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. In terms of the current odds for the Super Bowl this upcoming Sunday, the Philadelphia Eagles are a one-and-a-half point favorite according to FanDuel. For the money line, the Chiefs are listed at plus 104, while the Eagles are listed at minus 122. The over-under is set at 50-and-a-half, with the over being listed at minus 115, while the under is listed at minus 105. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Welcome back to this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. South Carolina's running back position right now is sort of a bit of a question mark, and it's not really a question mark because of the talent per se, but more so, who's going to be the guy that is going to be the workhorse back for this unit in 2023? When you look at the unit, these are the candidates to do so. Juju McDowell, Mario Anderson Jr., Lavoisier Carroll, and Dontavius Braswell. Again, pretty talented, stable backs there either way. But South Carolina does need to get a running back, in my opinion, for the 2024 recruiting cycle. Because when you look at the eligibility for all these backs after 2023, you've got a bunch of guys that are not going to be around the program for a whole heck of a lot longer. Juju McDowell, after 2023, will have one year of eligibility remaining. Mario Anderson Jr., I believe, will have two years left. 
although I'm not sure how the Division II football ranks handled the COVID year in terms of eligibility. Lavoisier Carroll would have two years left, and then Dontavious Braswell, depending on how this upcoming season plays out for him, will either have four years left or three years left. And here's the thing. Dylan Johnson, who was a transfer portal target for South Carolina not too long ago, it seems like he's now officially off the board because this past Thursday, the Washington Huskies football account posted a welcome post, so to speak, for running back Dylan Johnson, which effectively, I think, meant that, yeah, Dylan Johnson is no longer in the cards for South Carolina's football staff. So when looking at the high school prospects that they have offered, the ones that they have interest in, which targets should Gamecock fans keep an eye on from this point forward? Let's start off with probably the biggest name out of the three that I'm going to mention on today's show in Anthony Carey. Now, Anthony Carey is a running back out of Carrollwood Day School in Tampa, Florida. He has visited the Gamecocks twice up to this point, and the last time, I believe, was this past football season. He is a guy that has a lot of SEC programs pursuing him right now, programs like Georgia his home state Florida Gators, the LSU Tigers, and Alabama, alongside other national programs like Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan, Texas, and a lot more after that. And here's the thing, South Carolina, once again, they got in on this prospect very early as they were Anthony's second SEC offer in his ongoing recruiting process. And here's the thing, in terms of love from certain fan bases in college football, South Carolina's fan base from what I can see, by far has shown Anthony the most love on Twitter. Dante Mazio Bennett also have seemingly been in communications with Anthony Carey, which certainly helps out South Carolina as well. So overall, Anthony Carey is a player who's familiar with the school and the staff. He feels the love constantly from this fan base. And with all the recent recruiting momentum that South Carolina has built up on the recruiting trail, especially for 2024... I think that Anthony Carey is going to be a prospect that you see take more of a keen interest in South Carolina moving forward because of what they've done over the last couple weeks. He had a specific reaction to Mazio Bennett announcing his commitment to South Carolina, where he sort of quote tweeted his post on Twitter of his commitment with the thinking emoji. So make of that what you will. In terms of the biggest competition for Anthony Carey, I would say that the Gamecocks right now are in a good position, honestly. I think that they're in Anthony Carey's top three purely based on the amount of visits he has taken up to this point, but they will have to fight the Georgia Bulldogs who have secured the most visits on record up to this point and the home state Florida Gators who I think have gotten the most visits since this past March and I do believe that if I had to pick a leader right now, it would be the Gators. So, again, competition is stiff here, but South Carolina, I certainly do believe, has a seat at the table moving forward for Anthony Carey. Now, another running back prospect to watch is Yasin Willis, running back out of St. Joseph Regional School in Montvale, New Jersey. Now, he has also visited the Gamecocks twice, and his last visit happened to be during the weekend where the Gamecocks knocked off the Tennessee Volunteers in williams Bryce Stadium. So definitely a really good weekend to host Yasin Willis. He has a lot of Mid-Atlantic Northeastern offers from programs like Cincinnati, Penn State, Michigan, Pittsburgh, along with some SEC offers in Ole Miss and Kentucky and others as well. And he falls in 
the Gamecock recruiting base with Pete Limbo's territory here, considering the fact that he is located in New Jersey. So overall, Yasen Willis has visited the Gamecocks the most from what I could find in my research on him, by a very slim margin, by the way. But he also got a front seat to arguably the best performance that the Gamecocks offense had all season this past fall against the Tennessee Volunteers. So again, probably the perfect time to host a prospect like Yasin Willis, who had really good comments on, on social media and said that he will be back after that visit. Now, in terms of the biggest competition, purely based off proximity, I would say that Penn State is probably going to put up a fight here in this recruitment. But... I do think that, quietly, South Carolina very well could be the leader here for Willis at this time. So in terms of running back recruits, Gamecock fans, keep an eye on Yasin Willis. Now, the last running back prospect Gamecock fans should watch moving forward is Tate Titshaw, running back at North Oconee High School in Roswell, Georgia. When watching his sophomore year film at a different high school, Titshaw is an extremely shifty running back who has really good ball carry vision and a powerful low center of gravity. It's very difficult for opposing defenders to bring him down. He is essentially a yak running back, a yards after contact type of running back where he gets a lot of extra yards that can make the difference between a drive being extended or stalling out where your team has to punt. Now, he's not going to blow anyone away with his straight line speed, but again, he gets the job done in other aspects of his game. He has taken two visits to South Carolina up to this point, which was this past June and for the weekend of the Charlotte game this past football season. And the Gamecocks were the first FBS program to offer Tate Titshaw, whose only other offer currently is from the App State Mountaineers. So... When I say all this, what does this mean with Tate Titshaw? Well, overall, I think that Titshaw is definitely a prospect that this staff views as having a lot of potential. But I do believe that Tate Titshaw is admittedly a prospect that this staff is sort of in wait-and-see mode with right now. Because I think that this staff wants to see Tate Titshaw take a step forward on the football field in his senior season at North Oconee. High school. He played for a Christian school, I believe, in his freshman and sophomore year before transferring to North Oconee before his junior season. The weird thing is, he has no film whatsoever from his junior campaign, so I'm going to assume that that means that he may have had an injury that kept him out of action for the entire season, or maybe there was something else that was going on there. I don't know the full story, but either way, I don't think that this is one that would happen immediately. I think this is one that you would need to watch going throughout the 2024 football season and afterwards as well, if there's any new developments between South Carolina's football coaching staff and Tate Titshaw. But with that being said, y'all, that is going to do it for today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show as always. What are your thoughts on what South Carolina needs to do in order to carry their momentum throughout the 2023 football season? Is there something that you think they need to do that I did not mention specifically? And also, what are your thoughts on running back recruiting for the 2024 class? Is there anyone that I didn't mention on today's show that you think would be a name to watch? What do you think of Anthony Carey, Yasin Willis, and Tate Titshaw? Let me know all of your thoughts, as always, down below in the comment section. If you're watching today's show on YouTube, or you can shoot me a direct message at a line underscore SC on Twitter, and I'll try to respond to any of your comments as quickly as I see them. And once again, don't forget to make Locked On College Basketball your second listen or watch now that you have watched or listened to 
the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. But once again, y'all, that does it for me on today's show. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I will catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.